Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Yeah, you do. No, we don't. A donkey eat and a donkey eat a pallet. There's nothing else to eat. He was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass, built. But I burst out laughing about <laughs> him. So we're back, lads. The championship is finally back. We're here. We're back in studio. Very exciting altogether. We have a brand new studio and we're back on YouTube. So hello to everybody watching on YouTube. And Dublin are back winning under 20s, Connell. Fantastic yeah. result last night. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's, uh, it's badly needed. Um, it's been a long time coming. I know Dublin have been there, thereabouts for a while in the under 20s. But uh, last night it was, it was just refreshing to see them. Um, and fully deserved, really. I know, I know Galway had a couple of chances maybe for goals that they, that they didn't get. But I think overall probably Dublin were the better team. And um, that, the spine of that team, you know, I, I think we had Andrew Dunphy, who's probably going to be playing uh, this weekend, Super player, he's come in and done really well with the seniors. If, uh, Owen O'Donnell's brother, wing back, excellent. Uh, we had Burke centre back, really, really good as well, solid. Um, and then up front, man of the match was was uh, was Lee Gannon, uh, getting four points from play, which, as he said himself in the interview, he only came in like three or four weeks ago, which is amazing. Um, came in from where? Well, he was with the footballers, right. and uh, he, I, I don't think he's been playing a whole lot of hurling really. And to see him play last night, um, it was refreshing. And but I've, al- I've always said that any decent footballer can hurl, right? Isn't that what they say in, in Tip Paddy? Mm. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> Always the any other way around. Decent, yeah, any decent athlete can do both, I think, can they? Yeah, maybe. Uh, one thing I thought was unusual, Connell, was there was 11 different clubs representing Dublin. I don't know why they find this unusual, because oh, there was always this perception in Leash that... Leash needed a good port leash, you know, contingent on the team and like 11 different clubs across the 15 starters. I don't know. And, and clubs that I never thought even played hurling. Yeah, no, there is a big spread, but I think that's nothing really new in the last number of years with Dublin. There's been so much work underage in, in a lot of different clubs and, and the academies are going really, really well across the city everywhere. You know, I know years ago you would have seen the likes of the big clubs, the Vincent's and ourselves, Ballyboden, 
you know, dominating underage, under 15, under 16 in minor championships. But now there's a big spread across across the whole city, which is only good for, for, for Dublin. And um, I think it's important to try and keep those teams, especially this team that it's a, it's a successful team. Um, obviously, they're going to go into the All-Ireland final against Cork, which which is a, is a different game for them. But, uh, you know, you could see by the, the excitement and uh, the rawness of them last night that they don't care who they play. Like, this is a different team. The mentality is and history is is is, is irrelevant to them, which is great. Um, and that's what you want to see. And um, they have nothing to lose. They're going to do this. Uh, Cork are going to be huge favourites. So um, really looking forward to seeing it. And they'll definitely have a, uh, have a massive hop off Cork. That's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a shot in the arm for Dublin. We'll talk about them uh, when we preview the matches. Because every time we talk about Dublin, it seems to be doom and gloom these days. It seems to be the same kind of conversation. I don't know, Paddy, what's it like in Tipperary when it comes to different clubs representing the county? I thought this 11 clubs was incredible. And then a fellow replied back to me on Twitter this morning and he said, when Waterford won the under-21 in 2016, they had 13 different clubs represented under starting 15 and 17 in total when you brought on the subs like that's for, I just can't get my head around this I, I, I think it's it's changed over the years in a lot of counties um, I could certainly say in tip like um, if you were from a successful club before I definitely think you would have had more chances of trials and more chances of knowing somebody yeah. who was part of the selectorial committee so I think people realise now there's no place for that anymore it's, it's win or bust if you become part of a management team now, underage or senior, like there's no room for sentiment, no room for your, you know, geez, he's my cousin's young lad or whatever it is. So um, the best guys always go in and I think we're more open. There was a snobbiness before if you were from a certain club, maybe you wouldn't ever be good enough to play for Tipperary or whatever county it is. But I think now we realise you go to every parish in every county, there's probably at least one very good talented athlete, talented player and you need to bring them all on. So I think that's, goes right down to the development squads. I'm sure, look, Dublin is the same and, and most places are the same now. There's no, you know, I mean, Sarsfield's Tumi Vara would have been very dominant for years in tip and I would have t- thought they had an awful lot of players that were getting onto these panels without, you know, doing an awful lot um, because they'd be seeing that county semi-final, county quarter-final. But yeah. I think that's all changing now and, and you realise you have to make the best of every, um, every, every good talent that you have, no matter where they're from. Yeah, exactly. Come here, we want to preview the weekend, obviously, in part two, lads, but we're going to do a bit of a championship preview and we're going to start with some predictions. Um, we'll start at the end and work our way backwards. Um, so we'll start with you, uh, Connell. Munster, the glamour, the glamour <laughs> province, uh, Connell, as so, we know. Yeah, um, so Paddy says, yeah. <laughs> I want finalists and I want winner. Uh, finalists, look, uh, I think Limerick are going to be there. Uh, everyone is fancy in Limerick to nearly go back, go back and... Uh, do it again this year so you'd have to say that they'll, they'll get to the, the Munster final uh, who they play I don't know it's very, it's, it's very hard to know I think Waterford uh, are just that fr- they, they bring that freshness and new uh, new approach to it and, and they play with such abandonment sometimes you know and which is great to see and they all work really hard and they seem to be coming off the back of last year into this league on a, on a good bit of form Um and as well, they're going to be getting a couple of players back. And I, I'd love to see Waterford uh, go on and, and take that other next step. So, look, I suppose I, I, I'll say Limerick and Waterford in, in the Munster final. And, and um, I'd, I'd like to tip Waterford if, if, uh, to, to win it. That would right. be, that'd be my prediction. And hopefully, it'd be, it'd be just nice to see a new team coming. It'll be very difficult for them to do that against potentially Limerick. But um, they, they won't fear them at all. Right. Okay. So Waterford are beating Tip in the Munster semi-final, according to Connell uh, Paddy. What do you think? Well, if you were to go on the last league match, uh, I watched it on Diego, and 
you'd have to I'd have to kind of agree from that performance but I I think it'll be a different game altogether I, I saw tip team the last day and I kind of had said it I think that they had all the hurling done in the league and I didn't think we'd see a big performance from them and we really didn't but I think it was a great warning shout to Tipperary that if they let their guard down that they're in serious trouble they don't have the physical ability to recover in a match if, if they're not uh, organised and if they're not up for the battle say. so I do think I think Watford will get through to the semi-final I think they'll just be clear although I think it will be a really close game um, I think Tip might take them in the semi-final uh, seven days on seven days on or sorry seven days after playing the quarter-final to the semi-final I think it can be tough going on the body too and you might get an injury or, or two and I think Tip will really target this game. Uh, I could imagine like the 2019 first round to play Cork after a terrible finish to the league and I can see him really targeting this game. So I think I think Limerick and Tip maybe in the final but uh, you'd have, you couldn't back against Limerick in the final. Right, okay. What about Leinster then, uh, Connell? Well, Leinster well, I wasn't Shen- disagreeing Tip straight away. Only I was, uh, He's I, a, I you have a problem with Tip for years on this show. We know that. This is long established. <laughs> no, I was just going on the back that uh, Waterford would have a game and Tip maybe a bit cold coming in. That's the only reason that's why I didn't mention him. But I'm, I'm sticking by Waterford anyway. Right, okay. You're sticking it, by Waterford. Give us Leinster uh, quickly. What do you think? Um, well, this weekend, Dublin Antrim. Uh, very hard to call, I think. Um, no, give us the Leinster final oh, and Leinster the winners. Final. Just, okay. Um, Look, you'd have to say on form it'll be Kilkenny uh, and Galway. You'd, you'd have, probably have to say that. And who come out on top there? Look, I say again, what has happened in the last couple of games in the league, Galway seem to be on the on the up again a little bit and um, I'd probably just tip them a little bit. But right. Look, I wouldn't write off Kilkenny either. With, with Cody, he, he's, he's going to bring that manic uh, drive for success and... They seem to be coming along, but whether they have enough, I'm not sure. So I'll just tip Galway on that then. Okay. Paddy, what do you think? Yeah, I think those two teams will definitely get to the final. Uh, just from what we've seen in the league this year, even last year, I think um, Galway have even improved from last year. Like They know their game plan a lot more. I know not every result went from, um, got beaten a couple of times, but I think the way they were playing, they're setting themselves up. They were looking at different options. A little bit weak in the back line inexperienced more than weak so there is an issue there but they'll get to the final I think and Kilkenny have shown big improvements in their a little bit of tactical awareness but I always think Cody is still the man to have there because he'll have that rawness that so many teams are preoccupied with uh, their tactical awareness that I think the rawness has gone out of hurling a little bit and the aggression and I think they'll marry it very well this year so I think two of them in the final but Again, I couldn't go against Galway. I think they're playing pretty well. They're a very experienced team that are still sort of the nucleus of who in the All-Ireland, but with a fresh impetus from the from the selectors and the, and the management. So I think I'd I go with Galway. Right, OK. So All-Ireland uh, All Ireland winners, are we both going for Limerick? You have Limerick losing a Munster final. Um, I, I, I think my, I, I'd like to see Waterford do it so uh, whether they'll have enough I'm not 100% sure but I'm just going to tip them anyway and uh, and, and stick with them For the All-Ireland? Yeah Ooh uh, Paddy I did, Look I think I know it's boring but I think it's hard to see past Limerick until you see the first couple of matches in the Championship I couldn't back against Limerick really for the All-Ireland um, They've just shown that when 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 it's come to the crunch They've had an upper hand. Like they, they beat everyone at arms link last year. I know Galway were kind of close to them last year, but I think they'd be wary of that coming into this year. And I do think they're a better team than Galway, but um, I just have to go 
with, with Limerick for the minute until until I see how they're going during the championship, you know, because they were up and down do the league. Have to shake it up a bit. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't wait until later in the year to see who wins then. Pre championship, uh, pre championship predictions. Here's the thing, lads, because I want to talk about how to beat Limerick. Because if be honest, the team that beats Limerick will be going a long way to win the All Ireland. I think we can all agree on that. And Limerick are a very strong favourite. So here's a stat that was um, Paul Ryan on Twitter. Um, had it. He's at, at know your hurling. Of the 36 points that the Limerick half forward line scored in last year's championship, only five of them had a, a defender or an opposition player close enough to be able to hook or block them. 31, these lads were in oceans of space. Now, we kind of touched on this on the show before about, you know, the zone, the, the, the dropping off. The, the marking like that's an incredible stat that 31 of their points and these are three scoring half forwards are, there's nobody with an ass's roar of them yeah um, and when you think about all their scores you can actually you can actually see the yeah. scores happening where they're in plenty of room and 9 times out of 10 in early standing hitting it like so I don't think that's a fluke I think they work very hard on it. I think they work very hard on getting the ball to the best man in the best position. So instead of a lad hitting the ball over his shoulder, give it back inside to someone else. They'll be spray summer because certain players will attract a certain amount of people, you know, maybe one or two yeah. lads, lads to them. And I, I think there's always someone free and they have the ability to, uh, and the skill to be able to get the ball to hand, to move it quick across and to give it to that lad in space. So uh, I am surprised by it, but um, on the other side of it, it's, it's not a fluke. It's something definitely uh, Limerick w- would work on, I think, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, I suppose, it, Paddy. There's no rush shots. And I, I, I agree with Connell saying it. It's, and it's surprising how often that they're not, it's number one, they're not under any pressure. They could be standing. They could be completely at their ease. Garold Hegarty just, and you can see the flick of the wrist. And I can say, Geez, this is too easy. Well, I, I think it's, it, it speaks to a couple of things. Like, it's a brilliant stat. Um, to me, it shows a lot of, Humility, because I've played with a lot of forwards and it could take a rush shot and, and it'd say, Jesus, why didn't you pass it off? And it'd be, I just wanted to get into the game. And to me, that's a, an ego thing. Like, um, And they don't have that. It's, as Colin said, it's the ball to the best man in the best position. And that's always the right way. But it also speaks to one other thing is their physicality. When one of them, those Limerick players, you know, Willow Donahue, uh, Kyle Hayes runs with the ball from deep, they draw in an awful amount of men with them. Yeah. Like they have to be stopped, but it won't take one man, it might take two or three. So, but they're brilliant then to let the ball off at the same time. So you're automatically opening up a channel, then that person runs on with it, maybe a Tom Morrissey, and then he gives it on to a lad who is nobody around him. And I think, you know, we'll talk about how to stop him, but I think until you stop them getting that momentum going forward like that, where they can burst open their defence and create spaces, then you're always going to be in trouble with them. That's the thing, and like I mean, I take the point on sucking in players, you know, and taking two or three. They're so big and physical, because my big kind of obsession with Limerick is: what do you do with the half forwards? Do you follow them, and man mark them, or do you drop off them? And like this hasn't really been proven, you know, to work because against Clare last year, Clare let them on and left their half back line in position. Garrod Hegarty, just for an example, scored five points yeah. and had five direct assists. Yeah. Right, but Clare didn't concede any goals. Whereas Tipperary man-marked Hegarty with Barry Heffernan and then, and then Paddy Marr. Yeah. Hegarty only got 12 possessions. He got 26 when he was left off. He got 12 possessions, two points. 
but Limerick scored three goals. Yeah. So it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Connor. Yeah, it's very difficult. Very difficult with the caliber of players. Like that's the decision I suppose you have to make. Do you bring a man back then to try and try and shore up the defense, your, your defense a little bit? Do you go and follow them? See, I think that's the best thing is to bring back an extra defender. And is a better leave Sean Finn free at the other end than be leaving a half forward line free? Yeah, no, I get that. Like a lot of teams would do that against Limerick, but then again, it, it's very hard to score. Then you know you're, you're down a man and they put so much pressure on you, and their half forward line are. are out so deep that they're nearly working as nearly in the half back line so it's it's very hard to get scores on your man down and the way they play the ball around an extra man is an absolute is, is a killer like because oh, the ball is going so quickly and, and, and to hand and so clean they never miss miss uh, mishandle it or mistouch it or anything very rarely to do um, and it, it's very difficult and look, it's who knows the answer to that it's very like a lot of teams have come up against it and tried different ways like Claire did and um, so the answer is I, I honestly don't know um, but if I was if I was a manager playing against them, I try and I try and let them stay. Out. You can't concede goals. You can't concede goals because the game is nearly over. But you try and you try and make that middle of the pitch into a massive battle zone, and to try and when they try and get this nice balls across into these little triangles that they play, to try and break it down in that way, because I think um, leaving space in behind is, is is very is is very dangerous. Um, and against Limerick, they will punish it as the, as they okay. They haven't been scoring massive amount of goals, but because that's why teams are sitting back so so much. But if if you do go out a little bit, uh, they have the lads like Galan and all will just just run right in there. Yeah. It's so hard to know what the right thing is. Kilkenny, when you talk about the battle zone, Kilkenny turned it into a battle zone, Paddy, and obviously beat them. The The problem with turning it into a battle zone is that, you know, you have so many players out of position in the forwards to pack up the midfield. When you win the ball back, you've actually no shape yourself. Now, I know Kilkenny started that well that day, but they faded completely in that second half. They did, and, you know, and they kind of rallied a bit near the end to kind of hold them off. Um, there's a lot of mitigating factors even in that match. Like you have to talk about the crowd that was there, that makes it harder to play that sort of training type game that Limerick play. You know where they keep the ball. You have to talk about the five or six weeks off they had after the Munster final, where they were red hot in the Munster final against Tipperary, um, and you could see even there because of the pressure being put on by by Kilkenny and the crowd was there. They were miss hitting shots. They were miss hitting passes. They were miscontrolling. So I think those were a lot of factors that went into it. But certainly. You know, people are trying to sit back on him, but there has to be a certain amount of pressure on their on their ball carriers because, as Conor was saying, they don't miss a strike to hand. Like I find it unbelievable because maybe because I wouldn't be the best striker of the ball. I find it unbelievable that they're just flicking every ball straight to hand, whether it's a one-handed flick, whether it's a short stick pass, long stick pass. Very, very rarely um, goes to to ground, and they just seem very relaxed about it. Like they're, they're not even feels like training, like a training drill that they do it. So you have to disrupt that. Like You have to disrupt that and stop them running from deep. But to do that, you need numbers around the middle as well. Um, so it's it's a really hard one. That's why I think you know Galway have that little more physicality and pace around the middle. That's why I think they are a little bit better placed than other teams to do it. But um, it hasn't really been done properly, maybe only by Kilkenny in the last few years. I think looking back over when, when I was playing, if you're playing a team... That is the quality of the team you're playing is, is higher. You, you you admit that like they're very skillful. Let's say we were playing Kilkenny's or, or this or in a Leinster final, or Leinster semi final. How do you overcome that? It's you have to make sure that your work rate is higher than theirs, and that's a given. That has to happen. And then you need to take the game. Would have been my our looking on. You need to take the game to the very very edge and disrupt them as much as possible. Be that at your man when the ball isn't even there. Try and get into his head. To tr- try and just 
un, you know, make them not, piss them off. Piss them off is what, what, what you're trying to, and constantly piss them off. And if that's foul in the odd time, well, that's fine. But make sure it's a very good foul. And if you're getting a yellow, as they say, make sure it's a damn good yellow. It's not a little flick that you're you're you're, you're causing a bit of damage around the place. Um, and in the rooks, making sure that you're 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 you're. Okay, you might be breaking the law a little bit, but it's getting as many men in there to making sure that you're causing as much trouble as possible and trying to uh, upset the whole the whole dynamic where the referee may give you a decision and all of a sudden, you, you know, you're you're in their faces and they start complaining. Look, it doesn't very happen very often with Limerick where they where they do lose that, but that's the kind of you're, you're looking for that, and especially around the middle to get as many lads uh, to be working really hard and to be in the Limerick's faces non-stop, and that's the only way uh, you can try and upset them where they may then miss a touch or whatever, and you're, and you're straight in on them. Yeah, I, I think because we talked recently about, you know, g- game plans being overly complicated, Paddy. And like we talked about, maybe Maddie Kenny's given too many instructions. I think Limerick's, uh, like the message with Limerick is very simple. Give it the ball to the man in the best position. So if someone's marking Grode Hegarty, put it over his head into the full forward line because that's the man in the best position. And if the man is dropping off... Gerard Hegarty comes short give the ball to the man in the best position if there's a man outside you and you're being marked hand pass it out to the man in the best position to shoot like I think this is what's being drilled into them that they're you know they're constantly doing the right thing rather than being told you have to go through Hegarty you know then Hegarty's man marked oh no what are we going to do today you know like I mean they're, they're definitely given the freedom to play it as they can see it yeah it's just a framework really and um, I suppose when we played we were lucky to have Eamon O'Shea there and that was a framework as well. Everyone thought like the ball was supposed to be pinged here, pinged there, pinged everywhere. Yeah. But it wasn't really. It was supporting the man on the ball off his shoulder. It was picking the person. If there's a free person there, you take them, you, you give it to them short. If there's a ball inside, hit the odd ball long um, and vary the play. And then, as you said, if there being member, put it up over the head. So I suppose with that too, though, like if you were talking about other teams like a Wexford, they have to get it to a lead chin. We'd say they have to get it to a Conor McDonald, whereas yeah. Limerick, you wouldn't say there's one person they have to. Like Tom Marcy could have a bigger day as, as Hegarty. Lynch could have as big a day as Hegarty. Um, Galan goes to town inside. Mulcahy was nominated for hurler of the year. So that's the thing. And I suppose we talk about Kilkenny a lot, that old Kilkenny team. That was the same thing. Like we never ever designated somebody to mark Henry Shefflin or Mark Owen Larkin, whoever, because they're all one could do as much damage as the other. So that's the same scenario here. They have to start winning their battles. And it's a case of picking your poison. Do you come out the field and hope you don't concede goals? Or do you, do you sit back and just be killed by pint after pint? So I suppose, look, it's a, I, I think it's probably in the heads of all the managers now. If they're going to win the All-Ireland, probably, that's, that's one of the biggest things I have to think about. Yeah, well, Limerick have the have the have the joy of of being able to play that game at hurling because they have the players all over the field yeah, for that. Well, that's like, so depth. it's like easy to say, give it to the man, give it to the man in the best position, position, and get your head up and see what's on. If it's not on, give it to another lad. He's going to be beside you. But a, a lot of other teams don't have that 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 you know that security of giving them giving the, I'm giving the ball to you and like the best thing is get the ball down there away from our goal as as quickly as possible. So look. It's great that Limerick have that, and and they can they can mix it up so so easy, um, and vary it so much. So it's hard to know exactly what to do with them because they can just change what they want at any minute. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I have another stat for you here, lads. I've, I'm heavy on stats, and I thought these were interesting. Um, and this is from GEA Insights. This was on a Christy O'Connor uh, article in the Examiner, and it's about shots from outside the sixty-five meter line. Uh, Waterford took. Or Wexford were the were the team that shot the most from outside the sixty five meter line. Forty one percent of their shots from play come from inside their own sixty five meter line. Like that's an incredible amount, Connell. 
41% coming from inside the 65. Inside their 65. Yeah, it's massive, yeah. I would I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have thought that is th- is that on last year's championship or in the league? Um, in last year's championship, I'm pretty sure from outside the 65 meter line. Yeah, so outside the 65. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that say? It's kind of a reflection, I suppose, on how the game's going. I know they have a sweeper, but if teams are dropping back and and covering yeah, the, yeah, the percentage yeah. shooting area, yeah. we're seeing maybe more shots from outside. So the they're field. being forced to shoot from distance because they're obviously a man a man less in the forward. So. Um, yeah, I can, I can, I can understand that. I can understand that. Actually, that the forty-one, Paddy, forty-one percent is Waterford. Limerick are at twenty-six percent. Wexford have the most. Wexford at Wexford are at sixty-three percent of Wexford shots come from outside the sixty-five. Well, that's that's just not going to work. Like, that's just, it's too many, and especially like they can't all be free shots as well. Like, I, I think that's if we're looking at that, you're saying that their game plan just isn't working. Uh, to me because their game plan as we think of it is running through handing the ball on run again hand it on and they have three very good forwards in Rory O'Connor Lee Chin and Conor McDonald and they're obviously not getting getting them like I personally think Conor McDonald has been completely underused or he has the odd good game but before David came in he was absolutely on fire yeah. child prodigy stick him in full forward he was catching balls over everybody and to me they're only getting half what they could out of Conor uh, Conor McDonald because they're playing such a rigid game plan but other teams are cutting on to it now they're stopping them running through and what's happening I'd say they're, they're either recycling it back to have a, a shot their only free shot is back out that far or they're not even trying to get up that far up the field so I think it's kind of you know Davy says he doesn't play he plays so many different formations I don't think he does it's all more or less the same thing uh, with a couple of guys in different positions and uh, people are so used to it uh, by now he even played the same with Watford like you know yeah no it is I think across all the teams um, the high volume of long range shooting last year this is in the 2020 championship six of the ten teams in Lee McCarthy had over 40% of their shots from outside the 65 metre line like I mean you know jeez it's a lot that's across a lot of teams I know Wexford are an outlier with 63 which now this is reflection of a championship they had a dreadful championship Connell so maybe it's not a reflection of Davies whole time there you know they were they were very poor last year um, so maybe they wouldn't be that high Yeah. but at the same time like I mean you're not winning matches if you're taking that many shots from that far back no 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 like, like you're taking that many shots from that far out like you're not going to get them all like you know so and again it probably it's it's starving the lads inside, you know, and and you need to be getting goals. You need to be getting a high percentage of scoring, um, and getting the ball into those zones that we would all call the you know the the ninety percent zones in there, and they're usually inside the forty five. So, um, to be shooting from distance, uh, you're probably not going to win win too many games, um, shooting from that far out. Yeah. yeah, Ross King was interviewed in the Independent today. Paddy and he was kind of saying a good interview Ross King's a very uh, likeable sort of fella he jokes with Jack Kelly his club mate who's now playing at midfield that you're going to get more shots at the goal than me like I mean there's something not quite right about this <laughs> is there? You see that Callum Lyons is actually a similar player to Jack Kelly and he's yeah. flat out shooting for Watford you know but it, but it, it is and it's it's like if you think about in football and I know we're always comparing them but like a wing back in football is probably more likely to get a few shots off than a wing forward because they're already up in the congested area, whereas a wing back is coming from a free area yeah. and not as likely to be marked in, in that space. So I think the same is happening in hurling. It's as a result of you know teams wanting to congest their backline. Um, I think it's going to get to a stage where teams aren't winning this way that they're saying right, we actually need to score a bit more. But it is they're coming forward onto the ball, and then 
teams are smart enough now to say, right, it's congested. Let's hand pass it out to a Ronan Maher or out to a Declan Hannon and let them shoot, shoot, shoot for the post. And I think that's and that's why it's becoming look a little monotonous. I watched the under twenty one game last night. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was brilliant because there wasn't half the. The, the formations wasn't half the sitting and I really I never thought I'd say I really enjoyed the Camogie League final as well because it was similar stuff it was a lot you know it was a lot uh, less put together on, on, on a blackboard and it was just out in place so look this is what the result is at the minute but um, look I think maybe crowds back I think teams will realise they're not winning this way the weaker teams this isn't working and, and they'll have to change tact yeah and you know the the fact that last year's challenge and nearly this year's league, loads of people are taking shots on the half-back line. That's filtering down into club. So loads of half-back line, uh, lads of the half-back, centre-back, wing-back, I think they have the licence to shoot. Like in 9 times of 10, they either hit it wide or can't reach that distance. Like they're not at the standard. So a lot of balls are, 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 are result dropping in and, you know, obviously a man back is nearly getting it all the time. Yeah, so They're not dear with burns. Like. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's very hard to... To, to say that to a halfback line, listen, lads, you know you're not a, you're not at that level, so don't be shooting. But they're like, oh no no no, like if it's on, I'm having a shot. Like you're like, yeah, oh, come on, yeah, it is crazy. Another thing I wanted to ask you because this was in the examiner and I didn't realise this. Um, I'll start with you, Paddy. Is Clare can nominate the slitter they want to use on Sunday, and Waterford can nominate the slitter they want to use. Now, will Clare find out what? Slitter, Waterford are nominating or how much difference is it and like in the week leading up to a big game will you get a bag of the balls the other team are going to be using so that you can practice this week oh, this nearly blew my mind as well because like, in football a ball is a bloody ball I can't believe this rubbish is still going on like, I remember it's especially the free takers and the goalkeepers just the break the, you know uh, to be fairly well known he used to be our kit man and his heart used to be broken because Darren Gleeson and Brendan Cummins would you know they wouldn't want a certain brand though. I don't want to. I don't want to down any brand here of Slitter, but they wouldn't want a certain brand because they used to break their hurleys or that they didn't think they were as nice as maybe Owen Kelly's O'Neill's or, uh, or or Burke Sports ones. But um, so that was it. We were getting the mix in training, and the fight was always going on. We don't want these slitters, but you were going to have to use them in a match. So 100% correct. You know a free taker might put down one brand of a slitter for his first free. And his third, second free or third free, then he might have a completely different brand. And to them, like, kind of no more me plays in the forwards about striking, I suppose. But um, to them, it's a world apart, you know, size of rims and how bouncy the ball is. Um, and then I'd hear some of them talking about, well, when this slitter gets wet, um, it starts to wave in the air. If this one gets wet, it's okay. So apparently, to them, there's a huge difference in them. And it is very, very strange coming into a match. But you might have two, two different brands. Yeah. When do you get word about the brand they're using, Connell? Like, when do you... Honestly, you? I never knew that. You never knew that? I never knew that. No, I, I never even... Like, it, there was always a talk of teams in Munster, maybe Cork and Tip, that would use maybe the Cummins or whatever, but would never have come into the training sessions where we change the balls. Like, right. we just have the balls and get on with it. Like, a lot of it, but... But would you notice in a match? Is yeah, you would it? definitely notice. you definitely notice. And look, a small bit of freeze I did take, you'd be very conscious. You'd have it, you know, you might have a lad with the water saying, listen, you keep that ball now, right? And if there's a free, I don't care if I have the ball, I'll just tip that away and you come in and give me the water and I want that ball. I want that new one coming in. It's like when, uh, with a 21 or a penalty. Yeah. So nine times out of ten, if, if you weren't happy with the ball, you weren't going to be striking it for a free. Um, but I think that's I think it's just crazy like I, I don't see why we can't just say that there's one slitter or there's maybe potentially two manufacturers of slitters for officially for all the games and that's it yeah. like, and, and leave it at that because the discs 
carry on. It seems to be like he could have five or six different versions of the balls. And I know that keepers can bring their own slitters nearly as well. They might want a real hard one for the puck outs. Yeah, he'll I, take it out of his bag or whatever. Yeah, I think I was reading on Sunday that they're going to be given the balls, that they're, they won't be able to bring the, the, their own balls. So they'll, they'll, that, how do you implement You can't yeah, implement that. No, like it's he, not, yeah, it's not he ideal. He would have had always where Gary would, if you wanted a certain slitter, Gary Maguire would be in goal and he'd be saying, He'd have five or six in his in his bag that he goes to and he takes out those ones. So you, you can't very and the umpire has did pull him up once or twice, but like fair play to him for if he does it three or four times, he won't do it. Like so. there's all there's all sorts going. On. But there, there is going to be a new slitter with a chip in it, Paddy, which is going to be able to tell whether the rim has been tampered with. It'll be a standardized weight, and you know the different manufacturers. My understanding of it, the different manufacturers can make their own different balls, but it'll be standardized. Yeah, I think that's. Look, it's a small detail, but I think it's just proper. Like, we've everything else right. Everyone has their hurlies right, their boots right. Um, you know, all their gear, they've, they've worked hard, but we're going out with the main thing. Like, one of the main things is the ball that you actually hit, the really most important thing. And to just make sure that that's some way right, because you would hear of a, little things that were happening through the years, little, maybe a penalty being taken in the Munster final and a dud being hit out to the penalty taker. I think I heard of that going on one year with Owen Kelly. So, you know, you hear different things happening. So, yeah, you just wanted, you just wanted on the hit. But look, you know, it makes for great stories even. Like, if you go back to Babs, years ago, Babs Keating, um, trying to, you know, swapping in a brand new hurley on a wet soggy day in the 60s and, and scoring. So, they're great stories. But I think, I think in this day and age, now we're going to have to leave it the way it is and try and standardise it. Right. And are the, are the Clare selector throwing uh, Anthony Nash's bag of balls into the terrace? That was <laughs> yeah. another good one. Maybe yeah. we will yeah. miss these controversies. Lads. Before we get into the matches, lads, the last one is Shane O'Donnell. He's out for the weekend and he got concussed before the Kilkenny game. And that was two weeks ago. Um, so I was looking up the official protocol is that you can go back full contact after seven days. Um, so obviously he's got, you know, pains in his head. Or, you know, he's had a turn. It must have been a terrible hit. Uh, must have happened in training. Two weeks seems like a long time, but you can't be too sure now. And, you know, Connell, it's not like back when we were playing and, um, you know, you wouldn't even think twice about these things. You just kind of play. But they're protecting players a lot better now, which is a yeah, good look, thing to Yeah, I think see. so, yeah. Like, players have been crying out for, for proper refereeing decisions and medical situation behind the scenes and everything. And I think this is just part of it. If if there's any chance of a concussion, should we see it in rugby? We see it in everything. Like, I think safety is... is Paramount, and you have to err on that, that side. Even though, look, it's come against me a few times. I, I, you, you know, I got a knock in a game, couldn't really see too well, went off, and I said, "I'm grand to come back on." Medical team went absolutely berserk, you know, and I was trying to demand to come back on. But sure, you know, that's just a player wanting to play. I think you you need to uh, adhere to it, and and look, it's disappointing for the player, and it's disappointing that for Claire as well that they'll, they'll miss one of their main main forwards and and threats. But uh, look. Safety is, 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 is paramount, and especially in, in hurling, anyway. Well, that's it. It's not even that. Uh, I remember in the 90s, I got knocked out in a, in a match, and I went to hospital that night, signed myself out. And, you know, <laughs> I think I went out that night and went training <laughs> Tuesday night. And, like, I mean, that wouldn't have been like I would have told the lads, it wouldn't have been like, wow, that's so dangerous. It was like, you yeah. know, nobody. Even recently, Paddy, you see Brian O'Driscoll like getting a terrible blow. He's falling around like he's punch drunk. And about three minutes later, he's chasing a lad up the line, putting in an unbelievable tackle. And you're like, how the hell is this possible? That's unbelievable. Um, I'd say around our age now, we'd have remembered a lot of that happening. I, I certainly remember, I couldn't say I got knocked out, but I was badly concussed in an All-Ireland Under-21 final in 2006. I often told a story. And that night I was in the pub, just, I don't know, I wouldn't say I was drinking or anything, but um, 
I looked at the television and I could not remember most of what happened in the first half. Um, and I certainly couldn't remember the doctor came on to me a second time. I, but I couldn't remember that at all. I came around after the break and I can remember all of the second half. As I say, the week after we actually played the second match, the next Saturday, so six days later we played it. And there was never a question during the week about how's your head or if you were playing or not. It was, it was yeah. just get on with it. So it's really, you know, it's a scary thing. And I was listening to, you know, an interview over the weekend about the, the English 66 team and the amount of them that have early onset Parkinson's, uh, the rugby players, the NFL players mm. that, you know, they've gotten big hits over the years. They're suffering now. And I think we really have to look at it because our game is turning into something that's a lot more high collision. Maybe not this year, we say with a lot of, uh, you know, standing off the man, but certainly the amount of rattles that are going in are a lot more high force than they were. So unfortunately, like, you know, you probably try, unfortunately, like, you could miss out on a massive game like Shane O'Donnell is. And it's terrible because there's only a few championship games. But like, he probably understands more than most. He's a smart fella that it's probably just not on anymore. Like, you know, and like I can't, like back then it was like you'd laugh at the lad if he said you had to take a night off because of concussion. Yeah. You no, know, you'd actually really laugh at him. Whereas now we know, we can see how other people have suffered. And I think um, we just have to take it that, that bit more serious. Sure, if you remember back in the 90s when when obviously lads were wearing, wearing helmets. And well, I was going to ask you clashes, that. Yeah. Is there a lot less in hurling now that you, you could, helmets are compulsory? Well, Does it help you with concussion? Like you'd imagine it would. Now uh, I, no, I, I think, know you've got weapons in your hands. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, like uh, any of the, the scalper that was going on back, say, if you, if you remember back in the 90s where lads would be bandaged it up and there'd be blood coming down like they you know obviously there was must have been some kind of a concussion there if you're getting a smack of a hurl in the head so look I think it has moved on from that but yeah the helmets have definitely helped the de- helmets have helped for the little flicks you know where you get hit in the eyebrows or the eye or the nose or whatever um, and I actually think it gives players co- more confidence going into tackles you know that you're, you're some way more protected now than, and you're not you know shying away from any tackles or anything. You, you, you can afford to go in you know full-blooded into them yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. It's interesting. I definitely think that we've been educated a little bit better and it's in people's minds. It is heartbreaking for Shane O'Donnell to miss out on the maybe the only championship game that Clare are going to play this weekend. Uh, we'll leave it there and we'll talk about that match next. All right, so the big one this weekend is Waterford and Clare. Um, Connell might disagree with that one um, but it is the big game it's the only game actually on television um, this weekend and Liam Cal was talking during the week Connell about progress and this will be a judge of how much we've progressed from last year and like and, uh, you're tipping Waterford to have a very good year for them to progress from last year the only progress is to win in All-Ireland or is he talking about progress in how they play within games you know I know they've got they've, they've lost uh, Stephen O'Keefe mm. and they have lost um, Otay de Burka obviously yeah, from, yeah. from most last of last year, yeah. year. Yeah. so like I mean they're down players they're, they're up Shane Bennett so I presume when he's talking about progress he's talking about how they're actually playing on the field rather than reaching and winning the All-Ireland Yeah no I wouldn't say it's that I'd say it's just you know they obviously have um, key indicators that they need to get to during training and during the, and the, what they want to get out of the league which I'm sure they're relatively happy enough um, but he, he certainly won't be looking at and it certainly won't be coming out saying he's looking to get progress as in to win the All Ireland. Uh, there's, there's no way they're looking at looking beyond this weekend. It's, it's going to be a tough challenge, um, but uh, it's, I think for Waterford, I think they need to uh, get back to 
what they were doing well in the league in certain periods, you know, getting the ball, letting the ball in and keeping a lot of space inside and, and running at defences because that's what Waterford are so good at. And their work rate is, is incredible. I think we talked about it before. Um, you just love to be on that team. It seems to be everyone's working for each other and they, they, they have that kind of ethos nearly with that, that, that Limerick do where they're giving the ball off to the good lads coming through and um, it seems to be, they're, you know, they're, they're doing the right thing at the right times, um, which is which is great to see. And, um Look, I think he's probably ta- deferring a bit of pressure as well. That like this is all just progress, you know. I'm, I'm not I'm not here that long, and you know, Waterford are a young team, and coming out with all those kind of cliches that we talked about in the last couple of weeks, and yeah. um, just to keep the pressure off this team. But deep down, um, his I'd say progress for him is is to get back into and to to win the Munster Championship and get uh, get back and win in All Ireland. That's obviously what he wants, but he's not going to come out and say that directly. It's uh, the, the the one big talking point. Obviously, Shane O'Donnell out, Fitzgerald the corner back is out as well, Paddy. But the two out for um, out for Waterford it looks like it's Prunty and Jamie Barron are out now you couldn't probably pick two players for Waterford that's a bigger disaster because Shanahar's so good in the air and Prunty's made for him and uh, uh, Jamie Barron is the heartbeat of the team yeah um, definitely and if you're talking about leadership within the team where you could rely on them probably for their temperament their drive um, and in the biggest moments again two of the most um, senior players there even though Pronti isn't in it long he's still quite a senior member of the team so much that he was made captain um, and as you said they have no other big strong man who plays in the full back line for Shanahar like the only thing is I think Pronti marked Shanahar last year or was it the year before and tried to outmuscle Shanahar and actually Shanahar is nearly outmuscle it's hard to outmuscle basically no matter how big you are I think Punty kind of goes for very very wholeheartedly every time whereas um, sometimes like I realise I'm not as strong as a lot of guys so I'd maybe come in late and flick the ball away whereas he's all or nothing you know kind of like Paddy Maher play, when he plays full back and that can be an issue at times so maybe they'll get a guy in that'll just spoil Shanahar so it might be as big a deal but he's he's geez, he is a loss Um and then to me, Jamie Barron has proved it on every stage against every good team. No matter how good or bad Watford have been, he has been the man. He's driven it on from midfield. So they're really huge losses to the team. But I'd say the only thing is there would be no sort of feeling sorry for yourself. Liam Cal is a tough type of man. Uh, that management team will be hardy. And it, it, it will be next man up. Even though they will lose a lot out of it, I still think... They're going to be driving hard. Their game plan isn't going to change, although the personnel will. They're still going to drive it on very, very hard. And what, apart from Shannon, what Clare have up front, I don't think is going to be enough to actually put that huge amount of pressure on them that will see how valuable a, a loss Prunty especially will be. Well, they, they do use Shanahar a lot. You see in the Kilkenny game, a lot of the game plan is built around, you know, getting the ball into a position where you can give Shanahar yeah, yeah. a nice ball. Now, they don't probably don't get out in front of Shanahar for a few breaks uh, enough. Maybe O'Donnell would have done that. But I think Shanahar scored two goals off Prunty. Actually, that was in Porky Keeve last mm. year. That was in All-Ireland uh, quarterfinal. But there are two, like, there's no doubt that they're two huge losses. You know where, where they got injured, the two of them? Which I couldn't believe this. In an in-house training match last Friday. Now, they played tip in their fifth game in six weeks on the Sunday, right? And four days late, five days five later, days, they decided yeah. to have an in-house game. Would you yeah. not wait till the Sunday morning? Am I, am I reading too much of that or does that seem a little bit uh, too soon for that? Um, I don't know. Um, you have two of your best players now injured. I don't know. Maybe it's hindsight is a great thing. Yeah, maybe. Like, But 
I would say they probably didn't train. You know, they mightn't have trained in between those games. You right. Know? So you're probably wishing, uh, asking the lads to get as much recovery as possible. I've often played, you know, a good 40 minutes of a game on a Tuesday before you're playing on a, a championship match on a Saturday, you know, or, or, or even sometimes... You, and not too much, uh, but you would have played nearly 20, 15 minutes of a game on a Thursday if you're playing on a Sunday, because lads sometimes want the games. You know, if, if you're if you feel you're not particularly going too well as a unit or the forwards aren't clicking too well, you want, want to play a bit of a game to get that momentum and get a bit of confidence into the lads. And sometimes the, the games can go from, a, let's say we're going to have 10 minutes. It's not going well. We'll leave it another couple of minutes and then all of a sudden we get a couple of scores. And then, you know, he blows it up and leaves that bit of, tries to leave that bit of confidence in the players yeah. going into the game the weekend. But I wouldn't be reading too much into it. Like, I'm sure they weren't coming to that game, you know, in bits from the game previous because they, they, obviously the management would have pulled it at that point. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think, think Barron played against Tip that day, but it's not it's not so much the injuries. I don't know, I don't know Paddy. What, I, I take uh, Connell's points perfectly. I know we've often played a full match on the Tuesday, definitely the Sunday, maybe the Tuesday. And like Connell says, you might do 15 minutes where you leave lads chomping at the bit. You, you, might, you might be asking the manager, I'll play it on another bit, you know, because you're really getting into the zone now before the weekend. Yeah. Um... We we were more of a kind of a Sunday, definitely when we played and and, and a club as well as well. You'd leave that week beforehand, and you might play forty minutes of a match, and that's kind of like your last chance to make the panel or make the team. Um, but they probably, you know, they played the match against, they played well against Tipperary, really, really well, and I'd say carried up momentum because they hadn't played a lot of very good matches like that. They hadn't performed for a full game. I'd say to carry on that momentum to another training game, probably leave themselves the week then to be right for it. But look, either time it happens, if it was Sunday, you'd be saying, why are you playing a full-blooded match a week out? And then if it's the Friday, you're saying you're not leaving yourself enough time. You're always going to be playing it to the edge, though, because I, I think, I know we all say it in Hurland, though, if you're not on the edge in Hurland and ready to go um, and, and aggressive enough coming up to it, then I think you can be just blown away. And I've definitely seen it with Tipperary while I've played is like God we're very passive in training and lo and behold week after we're, we're, we're harsed out of it. so you have to keep up that intensity but it just look this happens at times and management's are aware of it yeah you may, sometimes you're minding yourself too much that's definitely not a good thing no but <clears throat> there's, there's certain times there's certain players that will, will know they're playing in the in, in the game you know that maybe you might have seven or eight lads that nearly are always kind of main starters and they're the kind of lads nearly that you'll be minding yourself to a degree and while there's other lads you could be marking a lad and he is busting a gut to get in maybe to the 24 or to get into the team and he's going to do what he wants to do to get in there and you know that and you're trying to nearly keep away from him because <laughs> he could pull anything you know on you but um, look, I wouldn't be reading too much into it. Sure, it's the same now. Like if 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 there's a championship game on, let's say this weekend, Dublin and, and Antrim, for instance, or, or Clare and Waterford, they're playing on, on Saturday or Sunday. They're on the Saturday. They're going to have a game, an in-house game, I'm sure, on the Sunday for the lads that didn't play any more than a half, and then the remaining lads that didn't make the squad and on all the subs. So they're going to have a game on the, on the Sunday, which is seven days out from 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 the next thing. So it's the only chance that lads have to to actually show what they have and try and impress them to get into the squad and, and you're trying to keep everyone happy trying to keep the squad uh, everyone highly tuned that that what the manager is saying that look if someone gets injured we're just going to replace them for like for like and everyone has a chance and, and as usual managers will, will always say lads on form are going to be picked so how do you get form when you're, when you're not playing any games so um, I don't think it's anything majorly unusual in it nowadays anyway Yeah okay fair enough Tactically I suppose with this one um 
two the two tactic uh, tactics or tactical issues I wanted to talk about were the two centre half forwards because probably be Tony Kelly, uh, Paddy, and with Shane O'Donnell out, like if if Waterford don't man mark him, it's al- it's almost criminal at this stage. Now Irla Daly wouldn't be the man; they'll want him dropping back. Callum Lines maybe to follow him everywhere. You couldn't see a situation where Waterford wouldn't want to be following him. But Callum Lines to me looks like he has the athleticism. You know, which obviously anyone that marks Tony Kelly kind of falls down. He's he's able to lose them. He is, yeah. And I think it's an interesting point, Caleb Lyons. Um, you know, does Tony Kelly have the same hunger to go back to field than he does to go as he does to go forward? And I think it's a really, really valid point. Um, and it might make him think twice about his runs and what, what runs he's going to be making. Um, and I think I think that's probably the the right. The right man on him. Uh, Kevin Moran, you know, possibly be playing the other wing back. Like, to me, there's no way he's going to be following Tony Kelly. Like, um, no. they want him to sit in there and be as comfortable at his age playing inter-county. He wants to be as comfortable as he can, holding his position, winning ball and setting, setting the play up. Apart from that, I got, you could, there's not too many playing on the team at the minute that you would put back on him. So I think so. And, and the point then is, like, Shane O'Donnell is gone. So a massive scoring threat, a massive ball-winning threat. So then if you just try to take out Tony Kelly as much as you can, you'll never totally take him out of the game. If you take him out as much as you can, limit him to three, four points even from play, then that's an awful long way gone to winning that match. Because even if you talk about winning frees, like I think Shane O'Donnell is brilliant to win a free, that's that threat of him gone um, for that for that avenue as well. So I think, yeah, I, I, I couldn't see him not put somebody on him. But actually, you know what, I think... Uh, I think Liam Callard nearly have to walk home if he didn't put somebody on tight on him all but, match. Yeah, that's the thing, and you can see the value. Obviously, Garod Hegarty being man, not being man marked, twenty six possessions, five points, five assists, being man marked, twelve possessions, two points. Do you mm. know? Like, I mean, yeah. it's very obvious you're going to close them down. It's what happens. The knock, you know, what the knock on effect is. But just the point Paddy made there, uh, Connell, about you know, being man marked versus the fella who's marking you, giving you something to worry about. Because I've played wing forward loads and loads of times and I love being man-marked rather than having the man I'm on running forward the whole yeah, time yeah, where yeah. now he's dictating a bit my game. So now I'm tired. I can't make the runs I want. Whereas when he's just marking me, it's, I'm doing what I please when I'm tired and when I'm not. And yeah. I'll get away because I'm fast enough to, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's always an extra thing. If Caleb Lyons goes forward, now Tony Kelly, imagine Tony Kelly's being shouted at to follow him. He's yeah. like, this never, ha- this yeah, doesn't yeah, happen yeah, to me. Yeah. No, look, I think we've all been in that situation. Even if you're in the full forward line and the full back or the cornerback makes that dart and run and you know that is the worst run ever. Like, like, I'm not going to leave, follow him. And all of a sudden, he just popped back the ball and everyone's screaming at you because you're standing there on your own. Yeah. So, yeah, that is very difficult. And Thankfully, I was too old for that era <laughs> of the attacking fullback. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, look, I, I, I've seen where teams against the likes of Tony Kelly where they say, pick him up when he comes into our half. Like, I, I, that doesn't work for me. It, it can't. Like he's he's too much pace and, and he's too clever to be running. You know he doesn't make these straight line runs all the time. And it's the game is too fast for to say for a, a wing back or a centre back to be to be keeping an eye on, yeah. on a Tony. Yeah, too Kelly. much to be thinking about. Yeah, right? That's not work. clear, isn't it? No. That's not a clear instruction for a player. And if 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 I was Tony Kelly and, and you kind of know that the lad is watching for you, you're nearly waiting and waiting. You, you let the attack go and you let it go up and you you dart out somewhere else where you can't where, where the centre. Marker, your ma- that, that marker won't be able to see you, and all of a sudden you get the ball and they pop it over. So, if someone's marking them, they need to be able to 
uh, match him up and down the field. Like you, you can't just say I'll pick him up in certain areas because that doesn't happen. And in line t- nine times out of ten, he gets the ball in in around midfield or half, and he's running up with it. So at that point, what do you do? Like if he's running with the ball, do you try and try and approach him then at that point where he'll just hand pass over head and nearly get the return and he's gone inside like we all we can all see that you know when we think about Tony Kelly where does he get all the scores from they're always on the run they're coming from deep or he's getting the ball off someone's shoulder and he seems to be known on him like so uh, very difficult fella to mark he's one of the best players in the game at the minute but uh, it's very important that someone like Callum Lyons has the legs to do that and has is physical enough to be able to do that again what Paddy says He's going to get two or three points from play, I'm sure, anyway. So it's very hard and he's going to be getting his freeze. But uh, to, to limit that is, is really key. Um, and if you can limit that to, to the two or three that we're trying to say, uh, where will Claire get the rest of their scores from? It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to see it. But like in the game against Dublin, I think Claire obviously got a bit of confidence from that. But I think Dublin died, you know, in the second half. They just didn't have the legs to stay with them. And I'm not sure deep down if Clare have got that confidence back, you know, from from the league and, and got as much out of it as they really, really uh, believe that they should have got. Um, so I kind of worry about that. And now they have a couple of injuries coming into it. So uh, it's it's not as uh, it's not as clear cut as, as as we might think, you know, with Clare at the minute. It, it looks like McInerney's going to be back all right, Paddy. So, like, I mean, that's a good half-back line with Dermot Ryan, John Conlon and McInerney, like, really, really solid. The one thing where I was looking at the last game and we had John Conlon as performance of the weekend the Monday after that Kilkenny match. He was outstanding, but outstanding in a holding role. Now, is the obvious thing for Waterford to do put Stephen Bennett on him and say, look, he's not going to follow you. We want things going through Stephen Bennett. Yeah, but I, I do think there'll probably be, you know, there'll probably be an element of a sweeper there as well. So I, I, I don't think they're ever going to say, like, John Conlon, you're playing that centre-back role and but you have to half-follow your the centre-forward. I think that would be, he'd find that extremely difficult. It's just the decision making and, you know, it's like me trying to make decisions as a forward. I just don't have that experience to do it. And I don't think John Connell has either, but he has great ability to sit around the 40 metre line and come in and out and take passes and get the breaking ball. Like he's well able to do that, but I don't see him being able to do that other job. Um, but it is a strong half back line. Like McInerney coming back, I don't think we've seen the best of Dave McInerney for. A long time like I mean because I think he has the ability to be like one of the top players in the country he's played full back corner back half back and midfield and I think that's the problem as much as anything else Claire have always used him to go to different areas where they have problems and I think I'd love to settle down him in a position because I think he still has loads in the tank and like he was a full back all-star uh, I know it's eight years ago now but he was young, very, very young, and he's probably only in his prime now if they could get the best out of him. Um, but I suppose the other one, Colin Galvin, is a huge one there. I know we said they haven't too much going forward. If he's on song, he's missed a lot of hurling. That's the problem there. If that was Colin Galvin after playing a lot of hurling, I'd say, okay, Claire, are, you know, they have a serious chance here, but he hasn't played an awful lot in recent times. So look, it's good to have him back, good to have his experience. But I think this is what we're talking about. There's a lot of question marks over different things. Question marks over John Conlon. He hasn't played a championship match centre-back, so there's a question mark. McInerney hasn't played enough wing-backs, we don't know there. Uh, the two cornerbacks, relatively inexperienced. You're missing Shane O'Donnell up front. So that, for me, is the biggest problem with Clare, is the question marks over a lot of their team and the positions that they're in. And as I think Conlon hit the nail on the head there, have they the belief? They haven't won enough consistently over the last few years to have that belief. Whereas Watford went to Munster final, did pretty well against Limerick, got to the All-Ireland, 
poor performance, but they still have that most recent belief in how they're playing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So we're all tipping Waterford, basically. Yeah, I, I, I tip Waterford, obviously, yeah. I think the, just as he was talking about there, a, a new centre-back, you need to put as many doubts in his head as possible. So if I'm centre-forward, I'll sit on him for a few minutes and then I'll go out and then I'll come in. So and then at some point, you know, I'll get it maybe a ball out, two or three balls and I might get a score or two. And then all of a sudden, Conlon or the centre-back is thinking, Jesus, like, what is the story here? Do I go out? Do I come in? Or what yeah. was going on? And then if that happens again and again, then the doubts pour in and you start going into yourself and your confidence is gone. So... I think that's the kind of questions they need to Waterford need to ask and, and I'm sure they will. Yeah, but that's the big thing and sometimes if you're being a smart player on the field you'll figure that out because I always remember say if you were like uh, playing told, told to go as a third midfielder and you go out and have the third midfielder the back stays in oh this is great but then when he follows you out I'm like oh this is a disaster yeah, and yeah. I go back in then at yeah, that yeah, point yeah, Who, yeah, what's yeah. the point you know yeah, but yeah. say if a centre forward drops every time the opposition management will figure that out pretty quickly. Whereas if you drop, but then go back in, yeah. now they don't, re- you know, they don't really yeah. know what to do. Neither does the centre back, I suppose, Paddy. No, that, that's it. And I think it's a really good point um, is to make him think. It's not his hurling. Like John, you know, John Conlon's hurling ability is undoubted stick work. Uh, when he has the ball, fine. It's the decision making. Like, does he realise in the back of the head he's probably the linchpin? He's probably the buffer between goals going in and not going in. And as Connell said, if a centre forward Bennett is there and he's dropping off, he's after picking a couple of scores, does John Connell say, oh, well, I have to go out on him? Oh, geez, I have to. And that's the moment that through the middle Waterford can go. And look, I played centre back. It's, it's difficult. But as well, it's because Waterford are good to run with the ball and they will put him under pressure. If it was just long balls coming down, John Connell, I think, wouldn't find it that difficult. But he's going to be given a lot of different looks and a lot of different um, ways the ball are coming in. So. It's going to be a difficult one. Inside and Turles as well, I think is one other issue is a centre-back is supposed to be covering the area. Like Turles is really, really wide and very hard to cover across. So the reading of the situation will be key. And um, look, it just, it'll just be interesting. He could, you know, we could be talking about performance of the weekend again next Monday, but um, it's, it certainly is a question mark. Do you know, and do you know who was, it comes to mind when, when we're trying to ask questions of the other team? It's, it's, it's what Cody used to do. He, he, he say that, that, that it would be lined out a half forward line of, say, let's say let's, Richie Hogan, Henry Shefflin, and, and Larkin, whatever. And that's set in stone for the game before, and it's in the programme. And, and all of a sudden, just before a throw in, Shefflin's in full forward, and Owen Larkin is in full forward. So the cornerbacks and the fullbacks are like, Jesus, I didn't plan for this one. What's the story here? Like, and then, then they go from full forward to wing forward, and then he goes back to centre forward, and it's like, Shit, like, what the hell am I going to do now? I'm, I'm on whoever it is, Richie Hogan, or I'm on someone else different that I haven't thought about this coming into it. So they're all the questions that you need to keep asking. And, and, and obviously you need to have the flexibility in the forward line to do that. But I think at inter-county level, players pick up on that so easy. And it's like they, they, they think there's a weakness. So let's go in and try and expose this in here. Um, and uh, that's, that's, that's what Waterford will do to try, to try and unnerve the, 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 the player uh, half-back line and... It's it's been going on for years, but um, they're the questions you definitely need to ask uh, each player and, and try and smell the weakness and, and go after it. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. We have to move on to the other two games, lads. Um, Leach and Wexford. Um, Lee Chin was talking in the media this week, and he was saying that I know everybody has them, but we play a certain game and style, and if it breaks down, it can go wrong at times. If you don't get that fluency of the game, get into a rhythm, it can be quite difficult. That's may or that's what maybe causes a bit of inconsistency. Like I mean, if Lee Chin is admitting this in year five that you know we have a game plan that can break down very easily, and we can be inconsistent because of this game plan, 
I would be like, Jesus, I was reading that going, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to, like, I'm not being critical of Lee Chin here, but I just read a lot into that. For him to be able to admit our game plan can break down quite easily. Paddy, I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it, does that yeah. jump out with you? Um, do you know what it is? It, it, what's more concerning is we wouldn't have talked about breaking down so much two years ago or maybe even three years ago. It seems to be working a lot better, I thought. But as I was talking about earlier, I think other teams have gotten so used to A, the way Davy plays, but B, just that style in general. So how do we break it up? That um, That's why it's that's why they're finding it more difficult. And other teams, they were very, I felt they were maybe a little bit ahead of a lot of teams fitness-wise a couple of years ago. I don't really think they are now. I don't think they're any more powerful or any faster or any fitter than any other team. If anything... You know, we talked about Demer and O'Keefe, we talked about a couple of more players, maybe they're slowing down a little bit. And it's so hard to keep that game plan going. Um, and I suppose we often talk why Davy does well at college level is there's a turnover of players every two or three years. Whereas with Waterford, it seemed to go sour. With Clare, it seemed to go sour. And now, from the outside looking in, you know, performances are down. And I think that's because that same thing going as well with the same players same system and I think it can be mentally and physically very very draining and you know year five I do think it's strange uh, but I think it's inevitable because you're not giving any team really anything major to look at that they've already seen yeah they're actually trying Lee Chin in full forward um, mm. during the league and again because Wexford play a sweeper they're giving the other team a free sweeper to put your talisman in behind a sweeper you know, and I think that's why Conor McDonald has suffered. Like Paddy made the point earlier, Connell, that, you know, he was this up and coming star that could score yep. brilliant goals. And for his whole time under Davy, he's been in behind a sweeper. And to put Leach in, in behind the sweeper when he's like, you know, he's your Jamie Barron, he's your, you, you know, your best player out around the field. It doesn't really make too much sense to me. Yeah, no, I'd be surprised if they leave him in there for long periods. I think it's just maybe an option to put him in there at certain periods of the game if they really need to get some vital scores. But on the Leach ending, I, I, I was surprised to, to hear him come out and admit that. So if he's coming out and saying that, obviously it's talked among the group. Or he's think, someone's so thinking, someone's thinking this. So it's not as if it's just come, that the reporter has picked up on it. He, he actually said it. So uh, maybe subconsciously, they're all questioning... I'm only just guessing. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they're uh, so, uh, questioning: Should we have a, a plan B? You know, is this working? This game plan? If a team gets a run on us, and you know, what do we do? And are they expecting certain teams to get certain runs on them? You know, there's a lot. There's probably you're, you could read a lot into it. Like, yeah. but it's probably questions we were asking anyway, and didn't know that the players are really thinking about it. So it's it's very interesting to, to hear them say that. It definitely is here tactically. Just for leash, Paddy, I want to throw this one at the two of you because I've talked about this in Gaelic football, and obviously Gaelic. Like football sweepers have been going on a lot longer than a hurling sweepers. So Wexford are playing a sweeper, right, against Leash. So why why would Leash put three full forward line in behind the sweeper and have the sweeper being able to drift left and right covering three players? Why not just put one in, in behind him and play your full forward line out in front of the sweeper? Because always, I can guarantee you, a sweeper always covers the most close to goal player. That's just the natural nature of a sweeper. That's what they're there for, the goal threat. So say for Leash, put Enna Lyons, for example, in the full forward line. He's a tall guy. Wexford will put a sweeper in front of him. Then put Ross King, uh, Willie Dunphy, Chad Wire in front of the sweeper and say, look, these are the three targets that were hitting it. Do you know what I mean? And then Leash, if, if Wexford played two behind the sweeper, the other end, Leash, in theory, would have an extra man out around the field. Yeah, and look, I think teams sometimes do try to do that, um, but don't always succeed. Um, 
look, I, I I think they do need to get their best players into the game. I think it'll be a valid thing, but they have to be doing this coming into the match. Like, I don't think Leash have been thinking about this or doing it this way coming up to it. So they probably aren't going to now. But I, I've definitely played on teams where with Tip and with Bursley in the club level where I say, we know they're going to play a sweeper. And for a lot of it, we just crowd around the sweeper. Uh, puck outs, you know, if you're talking about long puck outs, remember 16, in 2016 we played Watford in the Munster final and they just put a big, huge number of bodies around Ty de Borca, I think it was, and every puck out went straight down the middle. And so Ty de Borca was never able to be the man sitting, receiving hand passes or what, what Davies teams like to do is they like to maybe not even contest the high ball, make a drop to the ground because they know they have a spare man back there. I think that's still what Wexford are doing. But I think it's a valid point. Like I'd be trying to go out there and play the ball short and maybe run at him from deep. I think when you run at a sweeper system from deep, it's a lot easier than if you're trying to hit a ball from 80 yards and that sweeper is used to cover and over and back across the field. And especially like you're talking about leash, you have a couple of great forwards, but then you have ones that probably aren't as good in isolation. Whereas if you talk about a Limerick team playing against a sweeper, they have two or three guys on the inside line that are going to cause absolute hell. It doesn't matter if you've one or two sweepers there. Yeah, in, in hurling you see, like the ball often goes in from the half back line, and there's a long flight time on it. Mm-hmm. So most teams are playing two man full forward line. There'll be a one lad covering them. But you, even if you hit the diagonal, sweepers are getting clever now. Connell used to go down the one line and he'd run across and read it. Now they're almost reading the diagonal. By the time the ball whizzes through the air and travels the distance it needs to travel, the sweeper has enough time to get kind of over, you know, on it. Like, I find a two-man full forward line is almost predictable now, where teams are constantly working on how the sweeper can disrupt the two lads that are left yeah, inside yeah. them. And, and especially if that diagonal ball is going across, obviously the sweeper is cutting off the angles, so he's playing it with the, with the sideline as well. Yeah. Um, so, and if, if the lad going across miss, misses a touch or doesn't pick it up first time, then there's a problem. Then they're, they're getting crowded out and it slows it all down. You, you even see with Limerick, even though they're so brilliant at it, nearly all the time Flanagan and Galan get those diagonal balls now. They're right on the sideline. Yeah. And Flanagan's practiced that he's, they're both very good and they can shoot from there. But in year one and two, they were getting those diagonals you know, in a lot tastier positions. Yeah, yeah. And then, look, I've seen it. And then if a corner forward comes out and getting those balls and they're at the sideline and they shoot and it goes over, everything's great. But if they shoot and hit and, and it drops into the keeper's hands or it goes wide, then once or twice, then that's a problem, you know, because it's very hard to hit that ball back into the middle to a runner coming in. Um, but look, uh, going, going back to the, the this game, again, I, I think it's going to be closer than people think. You know, I don't think uh, Wexford are going to steamroll uh, Leash in, in any way. I th- and I think it, all this talk with, uh, of Cheddar has been saying, you know, oh, oh, we're really concentrating on the staying up and isn't it great to be in this? Like every interview, he seems to be really putting Leash down and, and that's completely fine. And he's he, I, I, he's not saying that behind the scenes. I think they're really going at this game. Uh, they see them, they fancy themselves. And Leash have been really, really good in the league. You know, they haven't got the results, obviously, but in certain parts they've been they've been excellent and the the way they play the game is, is really good um and, and i think they have been earmarking this game for for a long while and and uh, they definitely won't fear wexford and they, they feel that they know their game plan cheddar will have it down to a t because um, he's so meticulous and everything that the way he goes on about with hurling and his tactics so i wouldn't be i'm not saying I'm, I'm i'm sure there's going to be an upset but i think it's going to be very very close and very tight um because wexford aren't going to bring anything new to the table that we that we haven't seen and and by Chin's interview is nearly admitting that so i think they 
if they can upset that a little bit, um, Leafs won't be that far off it, I think. Yeah, one just before we uh, move off this game, Paddy, one player that kind of jumps out with me with Leash is Aaron Dunphy. Ha- Cheddar doesn't seem to be giving him um, the same run. Two years ago when Leash got to the All-Ireland quarterfinal, he, uh, for me, he was Leash's best player. He was really, really fast and direct, really good half forward. Cheddar uh, prefers Collier. And P- he likes PJ Scully and there's no real place for a- Aaron Dunphy. And I, I don't know, I-, I thought this fellow was going to be the up and coming, you know, really big, big forward for us. And it seems like he's gone backwards. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Like you change from Eddie Brennan to Cheddar and they both have their ideas of what a half forward is supposed to be, I suppose. Um, yeah. and, and sometimes it can, a guy who had never a hope of playing under one manager is seen as a, a missing link with another. So... Look, I think I think a lad with skill who can bring it to the other team. I think they need that type of player. And look, if they're going for a more hard-working type of player, then I think they're sitting back a bit. I don't think Leash have performed that that well so far this year. I don't know. I know Connor thinks it weren't too bad. I don't. Know, maybe you watched more, but I saw him the last day against Antrim, and I don't. I don't see where they're going to pick up the scores going forward. I don't think they have their game plan 100% in head. And, you know, to me, Dunphy would be a bit of an addition as well. But you don't know what they're seeing in training. See, we're seeing it off the potential of when they're playing really well. Yeah. You know, and I suppose he's, Cheddar has seen it every day. He's seen the challenge matches, the training matches. Is his head in it? Is he playing the system that Cheddar wants? So there a huge amount goes into it. But like 100% you want your most talented lads on the field. Okay, Les, last game, um, Dublin versus Antrim. Is there is this a banana skin, Connell? Like, I mean, whenever we're talking about Dublin, we're repeating ourselves the same thing. No obvious style of play. You know, players being moved around all the time. It's Maddie Kenny's last year. Big thing in soccer is when it's the manager's last year. You know, do the players, you know, you don't have to worry about being getting on the panel <laughs> the following year. Like, I mean, can all this feed in? Is this an upset? Now, we know, yeah, we have to, we're talking about an upset, but Dublin convincingly beat Antrim in the league. Yeah, I wouldn't read into that at all. I think um, <clears throat> I think Antrim were probably just trying to learn as much as possible, and I think they were coming off after a couple of weeks of a few games in the league as well. So um, they wanted to learn as much from, uh, about this Dublin team as possible, and and I think that's probably smart management from from them. Um, I think it is a potential banana skin. I think uh, Antrim are coming off the back of a, of a of a great league for them, albeit a, a lot of their uh, good performances were in their home home, home up. Yeah. yeah, so that's that, that's obviously a huge advantage a home game. Um, but in in going down to Navin, um, Har- think, Navin's not a hurling pitch. Where has Navin come out of? Have you yeah, ever heard of Navin? I have heard of Navin. Yeah, a, a long, 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 long time ago. But one of my first games was in Navin. We used to play. I think we, we played me there a couple of times. But yeah, like I think it's. Um, I just think for Dublin for this weekend, they need to get things right. They they need to uh, go back to the basics. Navin is is a, is a tight. Is it's, it's a short enough pitch. It's not particularly tight. So I think it, uh, they need to sort out their goalie situation. They've been chopping and changing. You know that's vital in her in hurling having a, having a consistent goalie, and uh, like the, they're probably going to go back to Alan Nolan, which I presume is is, is they're going to be their number one. They need to uh, be going route one. I think, in my opinion, get the ball down. He'll, he'll hit it down to that fourteen to twenty one. And play off it at that. Stop this messing around in the backs. Get the confidence back. Get the scores on the board. Get the game. Get get a few early scores uh, and, and and get on the board early. And don't give Antrim any uh, sniff of this game from the from the start if they want to be successful. Because if if they leave Antrim in the game and it's and, and it's a, it's a battle with 10, 15 minutes ago, that's when the panic could set in for for, for Dublin because they haven't had. Uh, 
they haven't had many victories in tight games over the last while, you know, and the league wasn't really too kind to them. And while Antrim are probably there, thereabouts in a lot of league games, they know if it goes down to the wire, they probably have a confidence that they got. Yeah. They've been getting a couple of victories in, in, in the league in the last couple of minutes. So, yeah, it is worrying, but... Ultimately, if, if Dublin played to potential, they should have enough to get out of it. Yeah, and you'd like to you'd like to say that, but uh, you need to be very very careful with them. Yeah. One one thing Darren Gleeson said, Paddy, after the game, after losing, he says we weren't winning primary possession, we weren't winning breaking ball, we were poor at tracking runs. You put the three of those in the mixer, and you're going to have a bad day. Like I mean, they wouldn't have had an eye on. They were all out for that league. They wouldn't have had an eye on this game in Navan at that stage. You know, like I mean, it, it was more of a flat performance from them. I'd say so. Um, and I think it was just him talking sense, to be honest, Darren talking sense. But no, I don't think that they were far enough ahead in, in their progression to say, yeah, let's, let's play mind games here. Let's overtrain the week before. No, but uh, do you know what? what? How they've played before and how they've played afterwards, Antrim, that actual bad result, I don't think it's any harm going into this match because I think Dublin, are, there's question marks everywhere in the Dublin team as far as I'm concerned. From what I've seen, like... Crummy started midfield the last day, came off at half time, had been playing in the forwards. Um, Liam Rush started centre back, ended up playing full forward in the second half. Uh, their game plan is so predictable. As Conor was saying, I think he's dead right. I think uh, they want to go a little bit more route one to start this game and not give Antrim uh, any encouragement. But they seem to be hitting very, very sharp ball without the vision of hitting a longer ball, a longer pass. Um, so it seems really constricted. Um, so I, I would be, you know, worried if they're Dublin. Uh, I'd be treating it like any other match. I don't think it's a banana skin. I think Antrim have shown enough. Okay, it hasn't been Championship Hurling, but they've shown enough that they can stay with a lot of teams. They can stay with most of the teams that are out there. And I suppose, as Connell said, the only thing I'd say is they've been at home for a lot of matches. And they've had the 500 people there, and, and that drums up an atmosphere. So it will be a little bit, harder from this weekend but I think Antrim are full of confidence I love the way they play they're very very hardy um, very aggressive they can move the ball short they're moving it long they've good inside players and they've good runners from midfield so I think this is just an even game I think it's 50-50 Dublin slight edge with having that championship top level experience but um, I'd find it very very hard to pick a winner out of that match yeah, probably is a fifty-fifty game, right? We won't uh, we won't get predictions. We'll see what we'll see what happens um, at the weekend. Both of those games are on uh, GA Go. I'm pretty sure they're not on on television. So we'll see what happens at them. We'll be back Monday. That's all we've time for. We've gone way over time. We'll be back Monday and we'll review all the three games um, then. So we will talk to everybody then. Good luck. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do. No, we don't. A donkey eat and a donkey eat a palace. <laughs> There's nothing else to eat. He was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass, spit. But I burst out laughing about <laughs> <laughs>